Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. The big picture of what we're doing is changing the way people see God. And not changing to like something that people have never heard before or something that's new that we've got figured out, like we're the church that's got it all worked out finally. Changing the way people see God is really just shifting to a new covenant perspective, shifting to actually see God through how Jesus represented him. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It says that even today when the Old Testament is read, there's a veil, and Jesus is the way to see through that veil and to understand who God really is. You know, to help people realize there actually is a new covenant. It's why we exist. So changing the way people see God isn't like, hey, we've got it all figured out. Now you've got to see it the way we see it. No, it's just shifting to post-cross, shifting to new covenant, the better covenant, shifting to how God sees you rather than how you've performed, shifting through now that God says that he's given you his righteousness, how to live within that rather than trying to live up to it. And we talk about it all the time. But I'm telling you, there are people out there in your family even sometimes in your own head. Like, here's a couple of them, right? People still think that believers have a sin nature. First off, the sin nature language is not even really biblical. It's you were dead in sin or you're alive in Christ, one or the other. And nature has to do with heart. And we talk a lot about the heart, but a lot of people still think, well, I'm still a sinner. I've just, you know, I'm like Abraham that has been credited to me righteousness, but you're completely different than Abraham because God has changed you at a heart level, put his spirit in you, and you are a new creature. Amen. A lot of people don't know that. And if they hear that, they don't really personalize it. A lot of guys can, a lot of people can read scripture and quote it, but they don't know what it looks like in effect. Well, what does it mean that you're a new creature? What does it mean that a circumcision performed without hands was done upon you and removed that body of flesh, the sin, and put a new heart in you, a new spirit, a new nature. People don't know that. You talk about fear of God, right? People say, well, aren't we supposed to fear God? It's like, all right, well, let's look at that. You're not ever supposed to be afraid of God. God is love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. Yes, the Old Testament says to fear God, but it meant reverence. So you got people who think you're supposed to be afraid of God. Like it's a good thing that you shake and quake when God shows up. But you see that over and over and over, and God says, don't be afraid. Amen. Peace. Amen. Amen. Don't be afraid. And the fact that sin, right, sin not being held against you, that's huge. I mean, that's, that's one of the big ones that people think that you step away from God when you sin and you step closer. Like you're cl the, the, more, the less you sin the closer you are to God. Baloney. You can't get any closer to God, even in the middle of your sin, as far as your relationship with Him. Doesn't mean you should continue in sin. What that does is it hardens your heart and desensitizes you to His grace, which is His transformative power within you. It desensitizes you to His voice and His leading, which leaves you stuck in the effects of sin. But when you truly understand, He's not holding it against you. I can go to somebody that I can trust. I can go to somebody that I know that loves me, that's not 
thinking that I'm a worthless dog because no matter what I've done, this person is going to love me and help me and walk me through this. They're not going to turn their back on me. You go to people who you know like you when you need help, don't you? If you don't, we'll pray for you. Do any of you go to the people that are the meanest to you when you feel the worst about yourself? You might do that. I mean, I'm not trying to you know, create some kind of humanitarian doctrine, but there are just some basics, right? So we are wanting to change the way people see God and establish a new covenant lens. This is why we exist. The way that we change is establishing this new covenant lens. And so the mission of how we accomplish this is establishing hearts in God's love and grace in every area of life. So what does that mean? I'm going to give you a few scriptures here, and then I'm going to talk about some things we have going on. So this is absolutely foundational. Performance-based religion gets you focusing on your behavior and says, if you do right, then you will receive. If you do right, then you will be blessed. If you, to be a better Christian, you got to figure out how to do better and do right, and it's all about the doing. Now, we want to be doers of the word and not hearers only, but the doing is not what brings the blessing or the earning or the acceptance. Amen? This right here is so foundational. I mean, it is the core of just about every message that I'm going to preach is going to have this element within it, the fact that you're transformed by the renewing of your mind to give you something to think differently because the way that you think affects everything. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Women too, amen? Out of your heart flow all the issues of life. So you deal with the heart, this new creation, this new core, this new aspect of what kind of being that you are. That God has, God has changed that. God has made you a new creature, but in your thinking, you don't always agree with that. I know this because you sing a song that says, I am worthy, and you feel like lightning's about to strike. You need mind renewal to match your spirit. Renew now your mind after your spirit. You are to put on this righteousness that God has given you, and you put it on, first and foremost, in your thinking. And I don't care what it feels like. When your thinking is contrary to God's truth, especially about you, you will not live that direction. You want to change your life in any area, first change your thoughts. And the, the gold mine, the database that you draw from to change your thoughts is the Word of God. You pick out that Word of God. But you better have a new covenant lens when you read the Word of God because you might put yourself back under the law. Like you read Matthew 4, 5, 6, 7, you read uh, Sermon on the Mount, and you read the words of Jesus, and he's like, look, here's, I came to fulfill the law. And then he teaches the law not just at a performance level, but at a heart level. It's like, look, I, you, you've heard it said that uh, you know, you're guilty of murder if you've killed your brother. I say... You're guilty of murder if you have unjust anger towards your brother. I say, you've heard it said that, uh, you know, you sleep with somebody that's not your wife, that's adultery. I say, if it's been in your heart, you're guilty of it. Jesus brought the law to a level of absolute impossibility. And then he says, okay, so if you have lusted towards someone else in your heart, cut your hands off. Pluck your eyes out. Everybody do this. Why haven't you cut your hands off? Are you with me? 
doesn't mean we throw the words of Jesus out. We look at it and understand he is the last Old Testament prophet bringing the, pro bringing the law up to the level of God's actual standard, and that is obedience from the heart. Amen. Not just obedience outwardly, but obedience from the heart. Perfect obedience from the heart, which no one is capable of. The only actual, true, accurate, appropriate response to Jesus when he teaches the law is exactly what the disciples said, and that is, well, who then can be saved? Surely not me. And then he says, well, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So when we go and we look at the teachings of Jesus, you have to have that new covenant lens. You have to understand who he was talking to, what he was doing. He was bringing an end to the law as a standard and fulfilling that for you, say for me, to give you that fulfillment in his own accomplishment so you could live within it. Amen? Amen? And so you have to renew your mind to understand that. And I'm telling you, it's hard because you're reading those words of Jesus and you're like, but it says right there, red letter, to do it. Well, but he also says that when you're going to the altar with your sacrifice, that if you, oh, I forgot I haven't forgotten, forgiven Kopi this week. I need to lay down my dove or my lamb. And I, Kopi, you're forgiven. I'm going to go pick up my dove. Here, Mr. Priest, sacrifice this for me. I mean, where's the, where's the temple? Where are you taking your sacrifices? Well, you see, brother, under the New Testament, it's the sacrifice of praise. Baloney. You just made that up. <laughs> you know, under this new covenant, God writes his laws on your heart. I promise you, the laws that he has written on your heart are not to take a goat to the high priest and have him drain its blood and sling it all over the altar and burn its intestines in a pile over here till they're completely charred. Those aren't the laws God's putting on your heart to keep. That stuff's fulfilled. Amen? The laws are what? Love God, love people, pretty much, right? Now, Jesus absolutely expects in his exposition of law, you know, the big ten, those are appropriate, but not for righteousness. But because you are righteousness, they are guides to show you these standards, the way to live, the way to make choices. So you take the Word of God, you put it in your heart and in your mind, you hide it, because when you need it, it will bear fruit. But it has to be through this new covenant lens, and you have to see yourself through the eyes of the finished work of Jesus. That's why we exist. That's what we're going to do. So we're going to continue to do. Amen? Amen? And I'm telling you, probably now more than ever, I have a sense of this body, this church, this community of, of family being a voice in this community, our community. You know, we've done international things and people that come in, you know, start to hear the gospel and experience some transformation. But I see what God is doing is, is bringing a common vision for this body to be more influential in this community to get this message out, what I was just talking. Now, everybody preaches the gospel. Again, this is not to say that we are the perfect church and the 14 others that are within stone's throw distance are wrong. Absolutely not. They're doing their thing. They're the body of Christ as well. They are just as righteous and acceptable before God as we are. They are called to do what they are called to do, and we are called to do what we are called. They are our brothers and sisters. Amen? We will see them in eternity, and we will laugh at how silly we were at all these divisions that we've allowed to creep into our God's body. But for us, 
the vision is to shift people's focus to have that new covenant lens because Jesus is the best way to see God. Amen? It's just all about the cross. That's what we'll do. Even the gifts, even whatever it is that we step out into that we as Christians feel like we're supposed to be doing, all of that's going to be filtered through what happened at the cross, what, ha what he accomplished, and what that means for you as a human in him. Uh, so let's go to Ephesians 3, that passage. So having had that lens installed, this is where we live. And this is really our mission. The overall big picture, change the way people see God. Help them understand there actually is a new covenant. The cross has spoken. Good song choice, Adam. It always works out that way. We don't even have meetings. We don't have to have meetings. Holy Spirit takes care of all that. But this is where we live as believers. This is Paul. I'll give you some homework this week. Go home and read all of Ephesians chapter 3 especially and let God speak to you in terms of you know, what, what this body is called to do in this community and even around the world. But this is just a clip here. I pray that out of his... Now, I mean, here's a tip on reading the Bible. When you go through, just stop on every word or phrase and meditate on it. I pray that out of his glorious riches... All right, so God's got a bag of glorious riches over here, right? Those are his. Not out of yours, not out of your strength. His glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power. Now, that right there is probably the best functional description of what grace is. doesn't necessarily say the word grace, but that's what it is. It is a strengthening of power within you. Grace is not, you don't deserve it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. That's not grace, not undeserved. It's not just undeserved favor. It's capacity. See, mercy is you don't get what you deserve, punishment-wise. And then people would say, grace is you get what you don't deserve. That is partly true, but it's beyond that. It's a capacity, it's a strength. This is a function of grace, to be strengthened. If you expect to be changed, you need grace, because grace is what does the changing. You renew your mind, and out of His glorious riches, this well, this wellspring of life that is in you, this spirit that is within you, rises up and gives you strength. That is grace. That is charisma, grace in action. That is the gifts in action. So this is what we do. Because we are installing these new covenant filters and lenses, helping us doctrinally stand on Jesus, we live within being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And as we renew our mind, there's some kind of exchange that happens where we are strengthened from, in, from the inside. And it, and, it's, and it comes up as joy or peace or patience or long-suffering or wisdom or perseverance, right? Like that's what we need. Those are the things that we need to birth within us, not to prove that you're a Christian, not because that's what God expects, but because God will birth those things through you as you renew your mind. You align yourself with who you are in Christ and then these things rise up. Amen? This is, this is it. If you ever wonder what you should be doing as a Christian, it is let God strengthen you. Because as you are strengthened, you'll know what to do in every area of life. It just happens. That, you may, uh, that He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your 
hearts through faith. The heart is not just this blood pumper, not just your ticker, but your core. The, what you are, the kind of being that you are, your nature. God took out the old one and put the new one in. He took out the body of sin and he put in the body of righteousness, this new heart. That is where God interacts with you through this new heart, amen? We talk a lot about that. Talk a lot about how to renew your mind so that your heart begins to actually trust God and, 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 and how to minister to your own heart. More about that, you know, upcoming. But so, <clears throat> and I pray that you being rooted and grounded and established in, do you see what's happening here? It's like, okay, there's like this progression in this picture. God takes his glorious riches, they birth through your inner spirit so that it will dwell in your heart, take root in you, and it's a, his love for you is the whole working of that. You may have power together with all the Lord's people. I see this more than ever. You're like, I, I would skip over those sometimes, you know. I'm telling you, we need each other. We have a men's thing that we're doing. We've had two Wednesdays. we got two more, and then we're going to switch to monthly, which is going to be the first Wednesday of every month starting in March. Did you catch that? Good. Good job. Uh, but we had 27 men last time this past Wednesday. And, it, and it's not just, and talking about some heavy stuff, you know, but it's not just... Uh, we need to be godly men. I mean, you know, Dave Varney, I think they're sick, but um, Dave Varney had just in one of the things he said, it just popped out strong and godly men. You know, the, this endeavor, this desire for us to just be people that our sons respect, to be men in the community that are functioning like children of God. You know, that's, that's really, that's, I don't necessarily have the vision to just give the men, we're kind of shaping it up together, but it's pretty cool how it's coming together. And there's this brotherhood bonding because it's with all the Lord's people. We're collectively doing it. You are not here to serve my vision. I don't want you to serve my vision. I want you to get your own vision, and then we'll do it together. Amen? Amen? And if your vision means that it's fulfilled in some type of organized structure, you know, then we do that. But if it's outside then this organization will support that. I want this organization to build people. I don't want to use people to build an organization. Amen. That's what we're going to do. It's probably why we've kind of stayed the size that we are because just that thickening, that root system, that, that establishment of foundation is there. And I'm telling you, man, I, I feel it. I know you feel it. I, you know, it's not like... We've got some grandiose vision where we're going to, revival's going to break out here and we're going to save Noonan. <laughs> I'm, you know, whatever. I don't use that kind of language. For me, it's like we are, get, we are grasping who God really is and it's affecting our lives. And it'll affect Noonan and Peachtree City and Sharpsburg and wherever else around here. Because you are, gonna, you are experiencing transformation through God's love. Amen? <clears throat> May have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know, and this word know is the word experiential knowledge. It's not just information. It's a working experience of this love that surpasses knowledge. It's better than knowledge that you may be filled, and this word filled 
It does have to do with the filling up, but it's also influence. Like if you're filled with wine, you got it in your belly, but it's also affecting you. It's influencing you. It's changing how you see and how you feel and how you think and all that. We want to be filled under the influence of God's love for us because what does it do? Brings us to the measure of the, all the fullness of God. Now, I don't know exactly how to explain that to you. That looks different for each one of us, you know. For you to be brought to the measure of the fullness of God, one thing I do know, it doesn't mean that you are lacking holiness, righteousness, peace. It doesn't mean that you're lacking anything and that, that when you let God love you, that it brings the things that you're lacking. If you have the Spirit of God, you have all of God. Amen? But what it is is that it brings you to this experience of who He is and what the Christian life can look like on this planet. Experiencing righteousness, peace, and joy. Not necessarily Bugatti's mansions and, you know, winning football teams. I will never forgive Tom Brady for what he did to those Falcons. He ought to be ashamed of himself, show himself in this city. Anyway. I have unforgiveness in my heart toward him. <laughs> and it's just going to stay there. You're just going to have to. <laughs> but this is where we live as believers, right? Amen? Next one, please. So this is what we're doing. Establishing hearts in God's love and grace in every area of life. So as men, we are gathering and we're looking at how to let that grace rise up. We're looking at how to find grace in weakness, strength in weakness. How to, Mike talked this past week and he talked about, you know, to sin is to miss the mark. It, it's, to, it's to not quite, uh, you know, fulfill that standard that God has, but it's not just that you've done something wrong. It's that I'm not in God's best per se, not to judge your performance, but that it could be better for me. And, and, it's, and it's like that's what we get to do for one another, nudge each other back toward that mark. The mark is love God, love people, right? So it's not that we're bonding together and saying, well, you know, all these men issues, we're just going to sit here and try and be strong men. It's like, no, what we're going to do is encourage one another to establish our hearts in God's love and connect to his grace. Think about these kids back here. Sarah and Lauren are doing an amazing job of curriculum writing. I'm going to tell you, if you could write, sometimes the girls that are, t or girl, the people, I think there's men back there that teach, I don't know, it's mostly girls. We need some men teaching in kids' church, by the way. Anyway, they, those kids back there are being established in God's love for them. And the fact that they can hear and trust God, not in some mystical way, but because that's just the nature of what they are now children of God. We are no longer servants, but children of God. And teaching them that they are acceptable to God, and God's not looking for a reason to reject you. He's looking for a reason to lead you into blessings so that you will bring glory to Him. And could you imagine if you grew up that way? You know, that's one of the things that this place exists to be, is a religious detox center. I mean, you know, you come in here and you kind of detox from performance-based religion. You don't even know how deep some of that stuff is of how you've disqualified yourself when you start talking about all these things. It's the reason why you can sing one of Adam's songs that, you, that you know, I'm 
uh, I stand, what, what is it? I'm righteous and holy before your throne and singing that song about yourself and it just irks you and you're like, I, I, dare, I can't dare say that I'm righteous and holy. Well, yes, you can if you shift and put on that new covenant lens and see yourself through how God sees you. Amen? So kids, youth, they're doing some amazing things. Heidi stepped in for in the youth this past uh, Wednesday and will continue to do so as Courtney. She's uh, letting, she's letting, well, we'll say it that way. She's letting Courtney come in here and hang out with the men and is doing a great job back there. Hey, y'all teenagers back there, how'd Heidi do? Pretty good. Yep. You'll give her a five. Five out of five? Good job. Nice. <laughs> women. Sarah and other women are working on that, you know. Everything that we do is not going to be, well, we are a church and we need a women's ministry, so let's program a women's ministry and who can serve in our vision of women's ministry. No. We're going to establish hearts and God's good love and grace. Amen? Uh, all across the board, in the missions thing that we do, in, in our outreach as we gather, which we'll probably begin to do more of these types of things as we, as we come together and share commonality of vision and, and inspire one another, what does evangelism look like? You know, through the message of the finished work of the cross, you know, because we should be going out there and communicating the gospel, but what does it look like through, okay, this is what Jesus has done rather than I need to knock on some doors, you know. So every facet of what we're going to do has got to filter through that. Now, I'm going to go a little bit long, not too much longer, because I do want to share some things about Kenya. But um, one thing that we have that's just an incredible facet of, our, of this ministry is worship. I mean, this worship team. Let's show some love for the worship team. Woo! And not just today, but, you know, I don't know, some of them are probably watching online that are part of the worship team. It's incredible. I mean, Jimmy and Rachel last week, did you appreciate their ministry last week? And, and, I'll, and I'll say this because for me, worship is just vital. I mean, a song can go where nothing else can go. A song can get in a heart like nothing else. You know what, you, you ever do the thing where you like try to get somebody singing a song? You know what I'm saying? Huh? Y'all talk to me. Yeah. You, try this. No, don't try it. It could be mean. Pick a good song if you're going to do it, where you like sing a song around the house and you see if your spouse will start singing it and then like five minutes later they start singing it and they're like, were you singing that? I don't where that You know, a song just gets in you. You don't really quote a scripture and then five minutes later your spouse is quoting that scripture back to you. It, I've never seen that happen. But a song will. So the worship, man, even from the very beginning, Dan Snyder played for us last week, and that was really special. But where we feel like worship is, is there is a group here that are, let's say, team members, but then there are also people that seem to be connecting with us that have more of an external worship ministry, but converge at the same time. And we're kind of looking at what that looks like. But just a general worship community where these guys are gathering together, writing, inspiring one another. And, and, but the church doesn't have to own or schedule this talent, right? Because if, you if you're a musician, some of y'all are musicians, and y'all don't want to tell us because you don't want to be put on a schedule. I know it. I know it. I already know it. It's all right. 
I don't have any, any, whatever. We'll keep moving. But so worship, you watch, you pray. If you have a desire for worship, Matt came to me the other day. And he said, I don't know what it is. I don't play an instrument. So I'm going to worship, worship. You know? and, and so it's just that prophesying is coming out. It's beginning to speak that stuff of where we're going. And, and community will happen. And you watch. Worship will begin to filter into other aspects of what we do. And then the music will sustain the message. God spoke that to me years ago. There's something happening with the worship community within this place that will be a, a, a voice for the gospel in our community and around the world. I mean, y'all know me. I'm not trying to make these, these demonstrative global statements, but man, I'm telling you, those songs that Adam has recorded, Come to the Water, Before Your Throne, Donald could speak to it. You know, I mean, in, in such a, gosh, in, in such a hard situation, our church was able to gather together working with the Brandenburg family honoring Cheryl, and Cheryl would have said, preach the gospel. He was able, he and Caitlin were, and, and Laura were able to do those songs, and people came out of there saying it felt like a revival, not a funeral. People came out of there saying, I, I never, I've never left a funeral feeling better. I mean, those were the things that people were saying because they heard the gospel. I mean, during that first session when I sat down, I gave the first part, sat down. These guys uh, did some worship. It just came alive. And I'm, I'm telling you, I could feel Jesus with me. And it was almost as if he did, like, like I'm over here. It's like he did this gospel. <laughs> like it was an inside joke gospel. I was like, I can do that. The gospel. That is what we're doing. We are just delivering the gospel. And the gospel is, God is not mad at you. He's not holding your sin against you. And we're bringing that into every facet. So, speaking of worship, Chris, Coriel back there, wave your hand, Chris. Chris and Callie. Y'all appreciate him stepping in the band, sliding in. You have not heard Callie sing yet. Some of us have. And uh, you're going to be blessed when you do. She's, they're just working out their time frame to get that in there, to get her in. But... Um, Chris is going to slide into the worship team leader role. And it, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. We've been talking about it. Now, Adam would say, praise God. Yes, he would. So I'm just going to tell you, this is how it works when it's, when it's about people working together rather than programs and positions. Because in a lot of places, someone stepping up and someone else stepping down means, well, there's, there's something. What's going on? What's going on? Nothing's going on other than growth and progress. Adam will slide. He's not going to stop singing. Don't worry. You're not, you're not, he's not going to disappear from the team. <laughs> uh, there's just some leadership things that Chris has experience with leading a band and, and vision in that area. And Adam is sliding more into a pastoral kind of connections role. There's a lot of different things that he's focusing on. I mean, he's like the master admin guy, but also this pastoral thing of, of helping connection. Because as we grow, especially, I mean, you know, look around. There's some seats open. But after a certain, you know, two, two three, four more families pop in here, and then it's just too full. So we're probably going to have to go to two services relatively soon because, uh, you know, we, won't, we don't want to stunt the growth. 
But the worship is a huge factor of where we're going and what we're doing. So if you're praying for this church, you know, you don't have to tell God what to do. He, he's pretty smart. But what you can do is just put your heart out there and participate with what he's doing. Amen? And then as things rise up, speak to us and say, hey, you know, I was thinking this. Have you ever thought about this? And let's just see what this looks like as a family together. Amen? So the, the other area is in missions. And, you know, most of our missions are focused on Kenya right now, Pastor George Odero. Let's go ahead and look at a few of these pictures here um, in, in, the, in the Kenyan photos. So this is George. If you guys don't know, if you haven't been around for very long, Pastor George Odero, we, ba we consider him one of our pastors. This church, you guys collectively send money to Forward Church Kenya every month, whether you realize it or not. And if you're giving, you are supporting a ministry over there that I'm telling you, man, this guy, it's like one of, he's like one of our brothers. The consistency of the, the delivery of the gospel is incredible, and it's just a God thing that's happening. So this is a church in Rangwe, R-A-N-G-W-E. There it is, R-A-N-G-W-E. So this is George in front of Rangwe. Now they also have Rangai. I don't know why. Why do I growl? Rangai. Not the wrong guy, but Rangai. Anyway, yeah, that's George. He's getting older is what it is. He's got some facial. Yeah, it is. So anyway, years ago, we had a large blessing come into the church. It was like a $40,000 blessing, and it sat. And we were like, okay, wow, that's never happened before. What are we supposed to do with that? So we thought, okay, let's upgrade some equipment, maybe do some remodeling. Ultimately, we used it for remodeling here, but we also built a church in Kenya for $10,000. I mean, build a church for $10,000. Wow, I wish we could do that here, right? Maybe multiply that times whatever, anyway. So now this is a second church that um, George is planting. You can go ahead and go to the next one. It has now launched. Uh, this is the, I think this is the initial meeting. And here, watch what happened. This person probably doesn't want to call me out. I'm not going to call them, or want me to call them out. I'm not going to call them out, but I'm going to tell you how God works through this body. I kept forgetting week to week to bring to you guys what he needed to take the first couple of steps to shape up this building. The building is on George's property, and it needed some tile work, it needs some roof work, and it needs some stuff done on the walls. He needed $3,500, and I kept forgetting to bring it up, probably because I was following God and didn't even know it. I'll just say that. <laughs> Am I going too fast? I'm trying to get it all in. The week before we needed to send the money, God moved on somebody's heart in this body to give $3,500 for this work. Wow. wow. Amen? Now, he needs about 700 more, so one of y'all just go ahead and write that check today at the end. Just to finish, but go ahead and click through just to show the work. So these are pastors that he ministers to over there. There's just so much happening over there. I mean, you know, this doesn't happen in America. This many pastors don't go and sit under or with each other's ministries and work together, but it does over there. Okay, so this is the tiling. I, mean, I almost feel like that if we were putting in new flooring here, it feels like that because this is very much an expression and a connection of the ministry here that you guys are supporting. Let's keep going. Now, okay, so this is in Pokot, uh, East Pokot. 
Now, East Pocot in relation to where the other two, so all right, let me, let me try and give you this way. So where Forward Church Rongway is, is about where uh, Macon would be in relation to where we are. Those are the two churches, Rongai and Rongway. And then maybe up in Chattanooga is where the Pocot church is. That's how far they are. And so George is traveling all over the place. But this right here is, it just happened like this. You see all those Bibles in the lower right-hand corner? Those are all in the Pocot language. In Kenya, there's about 40, I think it's 42 tribes. Pocot is one of them. So if, you've, if you're not familiar with this church, we work with uh, an organization called Desert Rose Ministries. That is Teresa June Webb. Through Desert Rose, she took off to Kenya um, just, I don't know, seven or eight, no, t 10, maybe 10 years ago. And she was working in the, in the area of, um, you know, over there, they still, they're still on the dowry system where they basically, if you have enough cows and goats, you can go to a family and offer so many goats for their 12, 13, 14 year old daughter. And that guy, that father will take that dowry and let you take his daughter for marriage. Now, that's called early forced childhood marriage. Then in very, very rural areas like East Pocot, they will perform what they call female circumcision, but it's female genitalia mutilation. A lot of girls, in fear of being sold, will run away. And Teresa's ministry is a ministry that will take girls in like that, put them in a school of which... Caitlin's, Caitlin Crane's ministry just won with us and with Desert Rose is building a girls' home over there for the girls that are running away from that kind of situation to be educated and put back into their culture and their society to educate them and bring them forward. I, mean, I know I'm talking fast. There's so much happening. I didn't want to cut short worship. But so in this area, a lot of those girls in that community have probably experienced FGM. And what they've done is gathered together uh, in these communities, but they also don't know that even in their own areas, it would be like, let's say that in Whitesburg there was a mountain and there's 500 people up there that have never heard the name of Jesus. Whitesburg is just not too far down the road if you don't know. That's like what's happening here. So from where these people are, and, and Teresa's work toward rescuing girls out of that, she then found her way, which I got to go with her, into a group of East Pocot villagers that they don't read, they don't, their language is written, but this particular group was marginalized 250 years ago by the British that came through and colonized, and they pushed these out into the mountains. These people have lived out there for nearly 300 years. They hunt with spears, they hike eight hours a day to go get water, dirty water. They wear skins. They don't read, they don't write, and they've never heard about Jesus. So, working that together, and I've been trying for a few years to be able to help George get up to this area, and this is an idea that George had. Rather than trying to go through all that mountainous region, he, he worked it out. I mean, God just worked it out where he did a, a pastoral uh, conference in the East Polkot region to educate their own people that there are people in their region that have not heard the gospel. So this right here is a collective pastoral gathering 
and Georgia's giving them the gospel, and we, we are going to equip this work to take this people to an unreached, Amen. take this message to unreached people. I mean, you hear that kind of thing, but I have been there. I've seen it with my own eyes. We're going back. It's happening. That's just one facet of what this place is doing. I'm going to ask you this. Those of you that are visitors, you're kind of new here. Uh, you may or may not know how we talk about money here. Here's how we talk about money. God makes no mystical promises. If you believe in what this body's doing, sow into it. We're not going to stand up here and say, well, if you give this, if you give $77 on the seventh day, then the seventh feast is going to bring in and you're going to get the first fruits harvest and God, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Come on. You believe in this message? You want to help it grow? Give some money. There is a facet of trusting God with your money that opens your heart where you put Him first in your money and it teaches your heart to, to, to receive from Him. He promises to give you more than enough so that you will be a blessing. What giving does more than anything is it teaches your heart how to trust God. It makes no sense at all for you to take a fixed percentage of your income and give it away but get more in the process. Now, you don't give to get more. You're not trying to work some kind of system with God because He's constantly giving and supplying. He promised that He will meet your needs, but if you want to be a blessing, learn to be a giver. If you have trouble with your money, learn to be a giver. I'm telling you. And these are worthy things to give into. There's no promise of fertile ground and all that kind of stuff, you know, all these weird things that people teach. You're not under a curse if you don't give because you're under the new covenant. God is not going to send the devourer on you if you don't tithe. You're delivered from the law, amen? You're delivered from the curse of the law. But what I'm asking you to do, especially if this is your church, is to set up a monthly recurring gift, $5, $500, whatever it is, whatever works for you, to Forward Church Kenya. You can do that through the website, forward.church. There's a give button. Go find the Kenya fund and set one up. Amen? Amen? Because I'm telling you, there are people who have not heard the gospel that are going to hear the gospel. And we're going to support it. I believe in it. I believe in it enough to tell you that you should be given to it. I mean, you just, you just should because it's, it's what we do as believers. Amen? So... The other thing is where we're going, we don't know exactly what it looks like um, as far as this local body. Those of us that have been here and we've been having these conversations, we feel like pretty soon we're going to need a building. Now, if you feel that way, if you've been here, you understand what we've been talking about. Now, we are committed to doing it debt-free. We'd love to do it debt-free. We're not going to start hammering you because we need some kind of building. Buildings, for me, are pretty much worthless. I mean, really. The only reason you really need a building is to come in and strategize and, be a, and, and, and connect together so that we can work together and, and develop some type of plans to reach people with the gospel. That's really, I don't care what it looks like. Honestly, I really don't. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. I don't want you to be ashamed or, you know, at risk of bodily injury when you walk into the building. 
and this is not a type of thing, you know, we've never done this before. This is not anything that we've, we've done some targeted fundraising. Uh, one was to do this remodel, but this is really the first time that I've ever stood up and said, hey, we feel like God is saying, grow, expand your heart, expand your expectations, give people an opportunity to sow into it. There are people watching online right now that want to sow into something like this. There are people all over the world, it's really surprising, that consider this their church because in their community, they can't go and just hear the gospel every week, which is what we want to do for people. So that's the second thing. I'm, if this is your, if you're a visitor, you happen to pick an interesting day to come. If you're new, you know, you're still sorting things out. I get that. But if this is your church, if this is where you feel like God has said that you are to be and you are growing and you're learning and you love these people and you feel a sense of, you know, a sense of purpose for this message, I'm asking you to give. Again, five bucks a month, 500 bucks a month. I don't know what, I don't, whatever that is, you work that out, but there's no magic number. Amen. But again, on the website, go in there, there's a fund. And so what we feel like, I've talked to, you know, many people that I trust their opinion. Uh, I've talked to, so our elders are Mike and Tracy Crane, Sam and Kena. Are they in here? They're over here. Where's Kena? She's not here. She's at home. She all right? Okay. <laughs> uh, I've talked to, and, we, and that's what we feel like. We don't know exactly what that looks like. There's a piece of property right back here that would be great. Uh, it would be better to move into a building that's already done. I don't know. But what we do want to do is give you an opportunity. We'll sow into it, and we feel like sow into it for 2019. So you pray, you talk to your family, you see what that looks like for you if you care about this. And it, it doesn't mean, you know, and if you don't, don't feel bad. You know, there's no guilt. There's no shame, honestly. You're not going to miss out on a blessing. God's given you everything that pertains into life and godliness. His Spirit is in you leading you into life. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. God doesn't have any more blessing to give you because He gave you Jesus. But what we get to do is be a blessing. Amen? I want it. I'm telling you, I, I, if I could take your checkbooks and write the checks for you, that is how strong of a purpose I have for this thing because I believe in it. I just do, and I think that you do too. Again, there's no empty promise of God's going to magically do something for you because you decide, but I'm telling you, giving helps you trust God. It teaches your heart to begin to trust Him. So if you see George or any of these things that we have going on, building, missions, or media missions, I would ask you, even above your regular giving, and if you don't give, start giving. Start somewhere, a dollar a month, five dollars a month. Start training your heart. Well, you see, when I get here, then I'll start giving. No, you won't. Maybe, probably not. Again, there's no guilt. There's no condemnation, but we have a purpose. We have a vision, and we want to see this thing go forward. Amen? Amen. I mean, you know, if you think about what it's done for you to shift your thinking to see Jesus as the perfect representation of God and what that could do to other people and for other people, I mean, think about just in this community. In our, in our community, you're still, for a lot of people, you're not taken seriously 
if you're in a storefront church like this. You know what? I, I don't care. Honestly, I could still meet in our living room. There's just too many of you to fit there. And, and where we are is it's getting to be too many to fit here. The kids, they're busting out of the seams over there. I mean, it's probably a zoo over there right now. I mean, how many babies in this tiny, how many babies sometimes? There's like six or, huh? Eight babies in a room. Have you seen it? Go look in that room when you get out of here. Eight babies. Probably 20 kids back there. I don't know. We just don't have enough room. Yeah. So now more than ever, I personally have a sense of direction and a sense of purpose for why this place exists. I have a sense of, uh, of, of hope for the gospel to bring transformation into people's lives and hearts. And I feel like many of you do too. And if you're sitting here and you're like, well, I just came because of my friend, that's fine. You just got an... I actually debated on doing this type of meeting after church for those of you that call this your home, but it just kind of felt like God said, put it on out there. I want people that are watching online to hear it. I want people that are going to listen on the podcast to hear it. I want it to be out there. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is the message. These are the things that we have going on. This is how you can help. Now, it's between you and God. Amen? Amen. I know what I'm going to do. I know what a lot of you are going to do. And I just want to do it together. I'm telling you, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. People need to know the effects of the finished work of Jesus. The less they know, the more they perish in this life. You, your friends and family need to know what Jesus did for them. We want a place where you can bring them in and we can help you minister to them and disciple them. Amen? I want our kids' church and our youth to have just a great place to come in and, and, and grow in this message and have it sown into them regularly, often, all the time, every week, and watch it bear fruit. Amen? I mean, I, I just I, it's, it's on me now like never before. Doesn't mean we're going to change a bunch of stuff or... You know, try to start manipulating to try to get you to give. You know, there's, we're not going to necessarily put a thermometer up there and hound you every week. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the final number is. We have about, you know, it, we have, I don't know, a little bit under $40,000 in the building fund that we've able to, you know, what we try to do is put 10% of each week's offering into that building fund and steward that well. We give more than that away. Adam worked to have these charts done. The income of the church was just under 300000 last year, and then uh, the expenses were about 10000 less than that. So we do pretty good with money, you know. We, we don't, we're not in debt. We're not, you know, those of you that have been here, you've probably never felt hounded for money, I hope. Um, but it's just bigger. It's just bigger. What, what we feel like this message needs to do in this community needs a bigger footprint. So, whatever that means for you, pray, and let's do this together. Are you with me? Yeah. Amen? Amen. And I'm telling you, worship is such a key factor. Pray for this worship community as it grows, as these guys and girls meet together, and, and we just kind of breathe on that, and we just nurture what that looks like. It's very exciting what could happen through that community. I, I mean, I have such a sense of songs coming out that will carry this around the world, and it could happen like that. It just really could. 
it could happen so fast where people are singing about their identity. They're singing about the finished work of Jesus. They're not begging God to show up. They're not begging God to send something or send this. They're singing from the place of who they are in their spirit. Those are the kinds of songs I want to see come out. Amen? There are probably other things, but uh, I'm tired of talking because I've talked so fast for the past hour. <laughs> yeah, you come on up here. Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for coming to this earth, setting us free from sin and death, giving us a sense of purpose and vision within you to co-labor with you, to bring people to the awareness and the experience of your love for them and to have freedom in that love and to be connected to you and let your grace rise up within us because our community needs us to be out there being a blessing. Right now, the Super Bowl is happening. All kinds of fun things happen, but also everything bad increases around something like that. An event comes in like that. We all hear about the trafficking uh, issues that rise, the crime rises, all the kind of stuff rises. Father, we just thank you that the believers in that community are hearing you and they're keeping their eyes open and they're keeping their hearts open and they will open their mouths to bring righteousness, to bring rescue and deliverance if, any, if they see anything. Our arrests are already happening. People are working hard so that, people, so that girls can be delivered and rescued from that. Father, we just thank you that believers and, and those people that you have inspired to, to just be a blessing to our community, Father, thank you that, that you're giving them vision, that you're bringing protection. And we just want to participate. We just want to be a united body, united in the knowledge of Christ, communicating your gospel, helping people understand your true nature, that you are love, that you are peace, and you give us hope for the future. And we thank you for these new hearts that hear you. We are committed to following you. We're committed to communicating your gospel to the world around us. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much.